Hey everyone, welcome back to our Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast series. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today I wanna talk to you about dealing with difficult clients. Ah, the dread of difficult people, right? And the funny thing is when I talk about difficult people as I went to prepare for this podcast, I thought to myself, you know what? Here's the challenge, define difficult. Because a difficult person to me may not appear to be difficult to you and vice versa. And therein lies the challenge because we all have very different and unique personalities. And sometimes it has to do with our training experience. How long have we been a personal trainer or group fitness instructor? What is our background? How comfortable are we with working with human beings? And how long have we been in a field where we are kind of servicing other people and, and meeting their needs on a day-to-day -day basis? So. You know, for me, I've dealt with clients. I started teaching school way back in the day. And then I became a personal trainer and group fitness instructor decades ago. I've also worked in academia, so I've taught college students and I work in mental health. So my whole life I've been kind of working with and around different people of all ages and stages in life and in all different communities. Plus we've moved across the country five different times. So I know what it's like to readjust and I've met my fair share of difficult people. And I think it's fair to say that I bet I've been a difficult person a time or two. But one thing that I've learned through all of my experiences is it's not even so much about people being difficult as it is about my ability to manage whatever it is that they're bringing my way. And also to kind of step back and recognize, hey, you know what? This probably isn't even about me at all. Nine times out of 10, when someone is difficult or they say something really inappropriate or they behave in a way that seems really out of character, it has nothing to do with us. It has everything that to do with what's going on in their world. And if we don't personalize it, we do so much better. So now when I come across with difficult clients, my main goal really isn't so much of why is that client being difficult? My main goal is really, well, okay, so here's this client. They must be in a bad place. They're bringing in some difficult behavior. So what can I do to mitigate that? How can I put them in a more comfortable space? So today I want to share some kind of typically difficult behaviors <clears throat> that I have seen in my clients over the years and that some of my personal training friends have shared with me about their difficult clients. So we're going to start with number one, and that is the debater. I'm going to call them the debater. So this person is the resistant person. They're the person who seems to want to argue about every exercise that you tell them that they need to do. If you tell them to do a squat, they want to do a lunge. If you ask them to use a kettlebell, they want to use TRX. And they just seem to be really inclined toward being argumentative or taking you to task on different exercises that you ask them to do. So I have a few ways that I deal with difficult clients like this. Number one, I ask them about past training experiences. And the reason why I do this is I don't want to throw their previous trainer under the bus. Really what I want to know is 
who did they work with in the past and what kind of experience did they have? Because if they had a negative training experience, that gives me some background as to why they might feel kind of jaded about personal training in general. And hopefully I can remedy that and show them that personal training can be a good experience. Another thing that I can do is educate and train them throughout the session. So I always want to make sure that the exercise that they're doing align with their goals. And when I, I want to talk them through that the entire time. So I want to remind them, these are your goals. These are the things that we decided we were going to work on. And this is why we're doing these exercises, because it answers not just the what of what we're doing, but how and why we're doing it. And then the third thing that I can do when I'm dealing with clients like this is, you know what, I can be willing to adapt. Maybe they really don't want to work with kettlebells that day. Maybe they just want to feel like they have a say in their exercises that day. And that's fine by me. If I can adapt in small ways to make a person feel better and put them in a better place, I'm all in. Okay. So the second type of client that I want to talk about is the client who is afraid of getting swole. So maybe this is anaerobics. It's generally a female. I hate to say it, but a lot of times she's inclined to only want to lift five or 10 pound weights because she's afraid that if she starts doing strength training, she's going to get bulky. And so instead of arguing with her, or giving her all the, you know, telling her the error of her ways, which I just don't think that's a good idea with anybody. I think that a better idea would be with clients like this, I start them out with just body weight training. So I just use their body in space, start them out with body weight training, no external resistance at all. So maybe they are in the stabilization endurance phase. And while they're in this phase, this is my opportunity. This is my green light to educate them and talk to them about all the benefits of strength training and the ways that strength training can actually change their physique and help them get to the goals that they actually want to get to and why it's, you know, kind of do some myth busting for females, why it's not going to make them get swole and get these big burly muscles. Okay. So the third type of client is the super stressed out, inconsistent client. A lot of times your really stressed out, high wired clients are Connie perfect clients because they are very, very driven and they really, really want to meet their goals and everything they do in this world, they seem to do it with a hundred percent. But unfortunately they have so much going on in their lives and they just, it's hard for them to be consistent. And so they might be the client who has to cancel at the last minute or they get called out of town for work or next thing you know, they're gone for three weeks at a time because work is super demanding. So with this kind of client, what I have found is that shorter sessions often work better. So if I can just get them to commit to 20 to 30 minute sessions, that really, really works. Another thing that I can do is I can ask them if they can, turn off their phone during the session, because I don't know about you, but I've had my fair share of clients who are like, oh, I just need to get this call. And you know, sometimes people do need to get that call. Sometimes it is really important, but a lot of times maybe that call can wait. So I've even with a client in the past, I asked him, I said, what about this? What about if I hold your phone and then I'll tell you who it is that's calling. And if you really, really need to talk, you can. But that way, it's not just like this constant emotional hijack where you're checking your phone and feeling like you have to answer every single text message. So another thing that you can do is give them workouts on the go. You know, if you can't, you know, the best thing is to work with somebody, not against somebody. So give them some workouts on the go, because if you can help them stay fit and feel fabulous, they're going to keep coming back for more. They're not going to leave you forever. They might just have to leave you for a couple of weeks. And I think the big thing with this is just to remember that 
people go through things, right? They go through legal situations. They go through divorces. They go through major breakups. They lose important people in their lives. They suddenly become a caregiver out of nowhere. Um, their world can turn upside down in a minute. And anything that we can do to mitigate their stress and be available for them is just going to make us the trainer that they're going to want to stay loyal to and come back to time and time again. So my next client, number four, is my closed off quiet client. The client who always comes back, she or he never misses a session and they're like an animal when they're working out. But unfortunately, you get very, very little feedback from this client a lot of times. They have very little to say. They're always hardworking. They're getting results. So who are you to complain, right? But I know that for some trainers, it can really throw us off our game. It might get into your space a little bit and you might wonder, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or how come I can't get this person excited? But I think we have to put our own insecurities on a shelf. And we have to remember that some people are going to come in and they're going to be super talkative. And other people, you know what, they're just going through their stuff. And it may be that every single ounce of energy they've got in their body and in their brain is being used for this session. And they just don't have the emotional capacity to share a lot of extra dialogue with you because that would just take more energy than they've got. Maybe they're like me. They listen to people's stories all day long. And, and even though I love the work that I do, sometimes I don't have the emotional bandwidth to go out and talk to even more people. So my husband will say, do you want to go for a walk with me and walk the dog? And I'll say, yes, but I need to leave the neighborhood so that we don't have to do a lot of talking. And he looks at me like I've got six heads, but I say to him, you know, my emotional bandwidth and my capacity for just sharing small talk with people is kind of used up for the day. So this could be your client. It's it's not personal. It's just that this client is coming in to get the job done and, you know, they don't have a lot to say. So let's say you get uncomfortable with the silence. My suggestion would be to fill the science with what you do best or the silence with what you do best. And that's to educate them, to give them information, to fill the gaps with training information. Talk to them again about why they're doing what they're doing, how they should execute the exercises. Just keep the dialogue moving in a very, very professional, consistent form. Because at the end of the day, you're probably their sanctuary. Coming to you and having somebody who doesn't expect anything from them but hard work is probably pretty darn amazing. So the next client that I want to talk about is the I don't see results and I'm doing everything you told me to do, client. You're like, oh, you know what? Deep inside, you probably know that can't possibly be true. If they're following the diet plan, if they're coming to me, there's no way they're not seeing results. But again, you know what? We can't meet resistance with resistance. We have to kind of meet clients where they're at. And sometimes it's just about honoring this, this thing that they're, they're experiencing and saying, you know what, let's go back to our goals, talk about what our goals are. Let's talk about what kind of training program we're doing to get to those goals. And let's remember that exercise is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And a lot of times the changes that happen initially are changes that you are not going to see in a mirror and you are not going to see on a scale. These are changes that are happening inside of your body, and these are the most impactful changes. Not to mention, I'm going to start asking them questions about how do they feel? Are they sleeping better? Are they less spicy toward their family? Are they going off the rails less? Are they, you know, less inclined to be emotionally um 
irregular and are they do they feel more stable and more secure in in how they're responding to people and that's really what i want i want to teach them that exercise could really really mitigate strong emotion it could really help us prepare ourselves to be a better person in the world as well as to get our body strong and healthy so the next slide that i want to talk about is the um i can't focus client the chatty client so they're the opposite of the client that you can't get to say anything. So ideally you put these clients on the same day and you go back to back. So you go from your super stoic client to your chatty client. And then you're like, there you go. I just created perfect balance. Yay me. So the, uh, the chatty client, the problem with that is even though they're super entertaining and even though they would happily share their entire life story with you, which in and of itself can be quite entertaining. Um, it could be like going to a good movie. At the end of the day, it's really hard to get their training goals met when they're talkative. If they're not focusing, they're at risk. It's a safety risk. Um, and it's also a risk that they're going to have fun with you. But about six months down the road, they're going to be the one who says, I didn't get my goals met. So we really need to get them results because that's why they're coming to us. And so one thing that I've done with really chatty people is use a timer. And so when you use a timer, like especially on rest periods, when they start to get into this big, heavy story and you don't want to be rude and be like, OK, you know what? That's super awesome that you got two dogs and you went on this amazing vacation, but I need you to get to work. But if I set a timer and that timer goes off, then the rule of the game is rule of engagement is when this timer goes off, I need you to get back to that set. OK, and if you don't, then there's going to be a fun punishment. I'm going to have you do 10 pushups or whatever it is. And the whole time, again, it's about education and information. I want them to know it's not that I don't want to hear their stories. It's that I don't want to take advantage of their time and I don't want to steal their money. And so if I talk to them in those terms and say, you know, at the end of the day, I want you to leave here with the best results and I want you to feel like you got what you needed out of me. And, you know, we can spend a few minutes before the session or after the session just doing some small talk. But while you're here, let's let's make sure we get it done. And so, you know, I, what I was, when I was preparing for this podcast, I thought, you know, the main theme really came down to this. If you communicate effectively with your clients, if you respect your clients, if you meet your clients where they're at, if you inform your clients, then chances are you're really going to mitigate the problems that you have with them. Because for most clients, whether they're chatty or whether they're stoic or whether they're stressed out, what they really just want is stability. And they want this sanctuary when they come to you. They want to know that you're going to be that steady force in their lives who's always going to deliver a good, consistent workout, who knows what their goals are. You're going to honor those goals. You don't need to to know everything about their story and their history and everything that's going on in their life. They just need you to be available in that space that they're paying you and give you give them 100%. But I think the last thing that I want to say about working with clients, and I think that it's the most important thing, and I think it's probably the best barrier to mitigate really difficult clients, and that's to acknowledge positive change. And I know it seems so, you know, simple, but we forget about the power of authenticity and positivity. At the end of the day, we all want those attaboys. We all want to hear what a good job we're doing. We might know we're doing a good job, but when our boss tells
tells us we're doing a good job, we are like, ah, beaming. We might know that our kids love us, but when they tell us they love us, oh my gosh, do our hearts get any bigger? So our clients at the end of the day, they kind of want to impress us. They want us to be proud of the work that they do. We're kind of like a mom, a dad, a trainer, a sister, a brother, a best friend, all wrapped into one. They really want to know that we are proud of them. They want us to be their cheerleader and their biggest advocate. So we do that in a lot of different ways. I send text messages. I love postcards in the mail. I love snail mail postcards. I love graphs that chart their progress. But mostly I just love authenticity. I don't want to just throw bland comments out of my clients. I want to make them impactful. I want to say things like, hey, I don't know if anyone's told you recently, but I am really noticing how strong you're getting. Or, hey, I don't know if anyone has told you this recently, but I am noticing how much more dedicated you are to your exercise. And I can just tell that it's it's helping you to let go of stress. And, and you know, the person that you come in, the, the person that I see every day, it's like you're a better version of yourself. So whatever you can do to give them positive feedback, I think is incredibly important. And a few last kind of tips that I want to leave you with is, I think it's important that we don't talk about us too much. So unless the client invites in this, this thing that they want to know about us, it can really be very gratuitous to say a lot of information about our lives. So sometimes, you know, if you want to share something about yourself, try to do that only if your client invites it in or if you feel like it lends itself to the space where they are in that moment. Let's try to keep our own personal stuff personal because really they want this time in this space to be about them as it should be, right? Because it is about them. And then the second thing that I would say before I go is I don't think that our clients need to be our friends. In fact, I would probably advise against it, but I'm sure there's a thousand of you out there who would tell me otherwise. But I think that when we make friendships with our clients and maybe we, we go out with them and drink a glass of wine or we do a lot of socialization with them, it lends itself to getting into sticky situations where something could be said or something could happen that could actually dissolve that professional relationship. I feel like it's the same reason why we don't want to do business with family, right? So you're going to make your own decision on that. But I've always find that I've always found that I think a good, healthy boundary goes a long way. It's not to say that we can't have a Christmas or a holiday gathering or, or whatever you celebrate gathering and, and make some small talk with everyone in the room at once. But being too personal with our clients, I think maybe could be could be kind of dicey. And then the last thing I just want to leave you with is try not to take people personal. Let's just remember that we're all going through our stuff, right? And what if everybody is just in the place that they're in and it has nothing to do with us? All we can really do is give them the best that we've got, make sure we're educating them, make sure we're communicating with them, make sure we're staying in line with their goals, make sure we're answering their questions without getting defensive, and make sure that we are really truly honoring that there are over seven billion people on the planet, our clients are all going to be very, very different. And not every client is going to resonate with us. And that's okay too, right? Maybe then it's time to just give a friendly handoff and give a good referral to somebody who might resonate with them uh, differently. So I'm Angie Miller. I'm so glad you joined me for this Strong Mind, Strong Body podcast on dealing with difficult clients. I wish you the best in all you do. Keep doing what you love and loving what you do. And I'll see you next time. 